Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. The show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. With your host, Linnea Hubbard. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'm Linnea Hubbard, and today is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, and the end of week 63 of the Russia-Ukraine war. It's been 3,360 days since Russia occupied Crimea on February 27th, 2014, and 441 days since the large-scale invasion of Ukraine began. Today's podcast looks at what happened yesterday in the Russia-Ukraine war. The Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from direct contacts in Ukraine and their proxies, Russian Ministry of Defense reports, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine reports, Operational Commands North, South, and East of Ukraine, Open Source Intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geolocation experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mill bloggers and social media accounts with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission, to report the truth, because the truth matters. Let's start with our assessment of the current status of the war. First, the risk remains high for continued missile and drone strikes, but at a reduced pace compared to the summer and fall of 2022. Second, Ukrainian air defenses have rendered recent attacks ineffective, successfully intercepting 90 to 96 percent of missiles and drones. Third, the rift between private military company, or PMC, Wagner Group's leader Yevgeny Prigozhin and the Kremlin has reached an impasse, where it is highly unlikely Wagner will receive the demanded ammunition or be permitted to withdraw from the theater of war. Fourth, Wagner Group is dependent on Russian logistics for transportation in and out of Ukraine, and all Russian military units are on allocation restrictions for ammunition and powder charges. Fifth, Ukrainian forces may have suspended their retrograde operation in Bakhmut and opportunistically launched limited offensives due to the chaos among Russian military leaders. Sixth, we remain uncertain if Ukrainian forces will restart their retrograde operation in Bakhmut, if PMZ Wagner will receive ammunition as promised, and if Chechen Akhmat will deploy to Bakhmut as reinforcements. Seventh, we maintain that Ukraine has seized the battlefield initiative in all operational areas. Eighth, in preparation for larger offensive operations, Ukrainian forces continue shaping operations on multiple axes creating panic and uncertainty among Gauleiters, Russian administrators, and military leaders. Ninth, we have identified shaping activity by the Ukrainian armed forces in four locations that could indicate a larger attack is being prepared. Tenth, weather models remain favorable for larger offensive operations using armor and mobility after May 11th, 
indicating that Best Odisha, the month season for spring 2023, will end this week. Let's get some regional updates, starting with Kharkiv. In the Dvorichna operational area, Russian mercenary mill bloggers Rebar and Wargonzo reported that fighting was ongoing in Khyanikivka, and Ukrainian forces were pulling additional troops into the operational area. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, and Kharkiv Oblast Administrative and Military Governor Ole Sinyubov reported a Russian attack on Masyutivka failed. The GSAFU reported that the village of Liman Pirshi was shelled throughout the day. The GSAFU also reported that Ukrainian troop positions in Vilshana were shelled, while Wargonzo reported a Ukrainian offensive was ongoing and success was achieved without indicating how much territorial change occurred. Some assessment. The increasing activity by Ukrainian forces, which have moved to an offensive posture, has caught our attention, but it's too early, and it would be wrong to speculate if this will be one of the points where the larger offensive will start. Moving on to the Donbass region in Luhansk. Russian forces fired 448 artillery shells, mortars, and rockets on Free Luhansk and carried out 13 airstrikes. In the Svatova operational area, the GSAFU reported a Russian attack in the direction of Stelmachivka was repulsed. In the Kremina operational area, positional fighting in the Serebryansky woods was reported by Ukrainian sources with no change to the situation. In the Lysychansk operational area, the GSAFU reported Russian forces made multiple attempts to advance on Bilohorivka, the one in Luhansk, and were unsuccessful. In occupied Luhansk, Russian mill blogger Andriy Morisov reported rockets fired by HIMARS struck Pervomaisky. In northeast Donetsk, in the Siversk operational area, Wargonzo reported that Russian forces made yet another attempt to advance on Spirne, which failed. In the Bakhmut operational area, PMC Wagner attacked Khomova and was unable to advance, with Ukrainian forces launching a limited counterattack that pushed the Wagnerites back 200 meters. PMC Wagner attacks in the northern, west, central, and southern parts of the city were also unsuccessful. In western Bakhmut, Russian artillery strikes destroyed the Church of the Holy Annunciation, setting the main chapel on fire. PMC Wagner reported Ukraine went on the offensive south of Ivanivsky and was able to advance further south, retaking the communal garages. Russian forces made another failed attempt to advance in the direction of Chasivyar from the Siversky Donetsk Donbass Canal. In Bakhmut, the Russian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, reported their forces carried out 73 fire missions, and Russian Army Aviation and Air Force, or VKS, conducted five close air support sorties. PMC Wagner leader Prigozhin released a 27-minute-long video claiming he has still not received promised ammunition, accusing the Russian MOD of committing treason, calling Russian President Vladimir Putin the happy grandfather, stating that Russian was incapable of defending itself and once again threatening to withdraw from Bakhmut in a few days, saying, quote, Our soldiers are being killed and the happy grandfather thinks they are fine. And how will we win the war if it turns out that this grandfather is a complete asshole? End quote. 
Russian mill bloggers and Russian state media largely ignored Prigozhin's latest demands. In the Klishivka operational direction, the Ukrainian 3rd Assault Brigade, part of the Azov Tactical Group, launched a two-day combined armed offensive against the Russian 72nd Independent Mechanized Brigade west of the Seversky Donetsk Donbass Canal, killing over 60 Russian soldiers and liberating 7.8 square kilometers of territory. PMC Wagner leader Prigozhin claimed that the 72nd Brigade retreated against orders, giving up in 12 hours what took weeks and the death of 500 Wagnerites to capture. The video of the attack, which we do link to in our full situation report on Patreon, highlighted the continued critical lack of anti-tank guided missiles, or ATGMs, with Ukrainian armor operating with impunity, including running over bunkers and trenches. At least five Russian soldiers and Wagnerites were taken as prisoners of war. Ukrainian forces are now 2.6 kilometers from Klishivka and eliminated the entire Wagner bridgehead west of the Seversky Donetsk Donbass Canal. We do have additional information about this offensive that informs our broader analysis that we will not be sharing to support operational security. Assessment that we will share. Russian forces have likely been pushed out of the forests east of Stupochki, while Ukrainian forces are advancing on the Klishivka in two directions. The details that were released by Prigozhin and confirmed by the GSAFU reveal why the PMC Wagner leader is so concerned about the flanks of Bakhmut not being properly defended. A small but critical salient of Russian forces and Wagnerites has formed south of Ivanivska and is blocked by the Seversky Donetsk Donbass Canal to the west. This is not part of the larger Ukrainian offensive, rather a well-executed counterattack conducted by the Ukrainian 3rd Assault Brigade. Klishivka is not threatened at this time, but Ukrainian forces are 2.6 kilometers to the west and 2 kilometers to the north of the Russian forward operating base used as a supply and artillery node. Our late February assessment that the infighting between the Kremlin and Prigozhin would damage Russian offensive operations if it went unchecked was accurate. Predictably, PMC Wagner's attempts to re-establish positions west of the canal in the direction of Stupochki failed. In southwest Donetsk, in the Avdiivka operational area, Russian and Ukrainian sources reported that the 1st Army Corps continued attempts to advance on Avdiivka from Vesele, suffered heavy losses, and retreated to their defensive positions. Russian forces continued their attempts to recapture lost positions in eastern Pervomaiske without success. In the Marinka operational area, fighting for what once was Marinka continued with no change in the situation. Moving on to Zaporizhia. Russian forces carried out 103 fire missions, three drone strikes, and one airstrike along the line of conflict in Zaporizhia. In occupied Zaporizhia, Passportization has been put on hold, with passport offices closer to the line of conflict closed and records either taken or destroyed. As was the case in Kharkiv and Kherson, collaborators are having their Russian passports taken away and exchanged for a certificate. In Berdyansk and Melitopol, pictures of Yevhen Balitsky, the Gauleiter of the Zaporizhia region, and Vladimir Rogov, the so-called head of the Zaporizhia movement We Will Be With Russia, and occupied territory administrator, appeared with a warning that the, quote, Russian spring is ending because the, quote, Ukrainian summer is coming, 
with a date of August 1st, 2023. Exiled mayor of Enerhodar, Dmitro Orlov, reported that Russian occupiers are looting the city as it is being evacuated and that shops, pharmacies, and gas stations have been closed to force residents to leave. There continues to be no update on the status of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. In the Black Sea, Crimea, Mykolaiv, and Odessa region, Operational Command South, or OKS, reported that the Black Sea Fleet has 19 vessels on patrol, including three Kilo-class submarines and two frigates, capable of launching up to 28-caliber cruise missiles in total. Do you remember how, last week, a Russian Su-35 buzzed a Polish L-410 turboprop, almost causing it to crash after the crew lost control in the jet wash? Well, yesterday, three NATO surveillance aircraft and one RQ-4B Global Hawk drone operated in unison with fighter aircraft maintaining a protective combat air patrol. In western and central Ukraine, Russian forces carried out 63 fire missions, firing 354 artillery rounds, mortars, grad rockets, indirect tank fire, and drone-delivered IEDs, bombs, and rockets. The city of Kherson was attacked seven times with 44 munitions, injuring one person. Because of ongoing forced evacuations, it has become much harder to gather intelligence east of the Dnipro River. In Dnipropetrovsk, the Ukrainian Air Force reported that three Shahed-136 kamikaze drones flying over the region were shot down. On the Russian front in Valoyki Bilgorod, Russian officials claim they shot down a Ukrainian Tachkyu short-range ballistic missile, or SRBM. Russian partisans sabotaged a railroad signal relay cabinet, destroying it and impacting freight service in the Saratov region, near Engels. Russian state media agency Baza reported that two drones filled with explosives hit a Russian military training base in the Voronezh region, wounding 14. Russian sources claim that three drones were downed in the Moscow region, including near Kaluga, the Bitsyevsky forest, and the Lomonosov district of Moscow. We cannot, however, verify the report. Members of the Freedom of Russia Legion claimed they destroyed a Russian Su-24 in Novosibirsk, the aircraft was awaiting maintenance and modernization, and also apparently disassembly. In St. Petersburg, Ukrainian hackers changed the audio track for the broadcast of Moscow's Victory Day Parade to something a bit more Ukrainian. And by that, I mean they played the song Slava Ukraini, performed by Orest Liuti. We link to a video in our full situation report on Patreon. Let's talk about developments theater-wide and outside Ukraine. Ukrainian officials clarified that 32 cruise missiles were launched from the Black Sea Fleet and the Russian VKS on May 8th and 9th, with 30 missiles intercepted. Ukrainian Air Force spokesperson Yuri Ignat said the two missiles that were not intercepted caused, quote, no critical consequences. United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken said, quote, According to my own assessment, they have everything they need to continue to successfully retake the territories that have been captured by the Russian Federation for the past 14 months, end quote, adding that readiness isn't only about weapons, but the quality of military training. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg declared that, quote, all allies agree that Ukraine has the right to choose its own path 
and that the decision is made not by Moscow, but by Kyiv. And thirdly, all allies agree that NATO's doors remain open. End quote. There were no reports that Hungarian President Viktor Orban was tied up in a corner when Stoltenberg made the statement. The United States Department of Defense announced another $1.2 billion military aid package to Ukraine as part of the Ukraine Security Assistance Package, which is providing long-term funds for 155mm ammunition, air defense systems and missiles, and support to integrate NATO and Ukrainian air defense systems and radar together. Romanian APR-40 Multiple Launch Rocket Systems, or MLRS, that fire 122mm Soviet standard rockets were documented in Ukraine for the first time. The transfer of the Romanian MLRS units was not previously announced. Speaking of Soviet standard, let's talk about the Russian military mobilization and MIR. Back in March, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov claimed that approximately 125 vehicles and 12,000 troops would participate in the Moscow Victory Day Parade, and there would be no flyover by the Russian VKS and Army Aviation. Well, only 8,000 personnel marched through Red Square, mostly auxiliary forces, paramilitary, and cadets from military schools, supplemented by railway troops and OMON. Only 51 vehicles took part in the procession, including 10 ZSTS infantry mobility vehicles from Chechnya and not used by the Russian Federation, and three prototype YPK-7829 boomerang infantry fighting vehicles, which have not entered production. In other words, there were 63% fewer vehicles than in 2022 and 75% fewer vehicles than in 2021. To be fair, the flyover of the Russian VKS was likely canceled due to a pilot shortage unrelated to the Russia-Ukraine war. The United Kingdom Ministry of Defense Defense Intelligence Directorate speculated that, quote, despite heavy losses in Ukraine, Russia could have fielded more armored vehicles. The authorities likely refrained from doing so because they wanted to avoid domestic criticism about prioritizing parades over combat operations, end quote. In War Crimes and Human Rights, French AFP war correspondent Armand Soldin was killed in Chassivyar, 10 kilometers from the line of contact, during a Russian rocket attack. Only five days ago, a video was widely circulated of Soldin and his team rescuing an injured and dehydrated hedgehog from a trench, nursing it back to health, and then releasing it back into the wild. And that's what we know. Join me again tomorrow for more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.